Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Inner Life here for this Tuesday, June, what is it, it's the 15th, isn't it? I think I had the wrong date written down here, Jim. Uh, June the 15th, uh, so glad to have you listening here on the Inner Life today. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and today as we begin the program, do you do much cooking? Are you the cook in your house? Um, if you're single, you, you're kind of forced into it. You're the de facto cook. Uh, if you're a husband or a wife, if you've got kids, are you the one who does most of the cooking? Or maybe you do more of the cleanup and let your spouse do the cooking. You know, most of us, we love to eat. And that's, that's why there's all kinds of those different restaurants available in any city that you go to. That's also why there are so many different cooking shows, even entire networks and television channels that are devoted to programs all centered around food. So what is your favorite thing to cook? Do you have a go-to meal? Even people who don't cook that I talk to, they say, well, there's the one thing that I can make. There's that one dish. If guests are coming over, is there that one thing that you, you make that always you, you always have people raving about it, saying, oh, it's so good, I need that recipe? And what makes it so good? Well, with our family, being as large as it is, uh, my wife, Baylen, and I, we came to the conclusion many years ago that as much as we enjoyed going out to eat at different restaurants, we needed to actually figure out how to make some of our favorite things at home. And this was mainly to avoid the high cost of taking our nine children out to restaurants regularly. But we also knew that we wanted to make family dinners an important part of our daily routine, part of our, our family life. And still, almost every night, every evening, we still eat dinner together with, with as many of our kids that happen to be at home each night. Now, some of our children, uh, they're adults now, and uh, they have their own schedules. You know, they're, they're off doing their own things, but they still will come back and eat dinners regularly. So the number of us eating together, it varies from night to night, but we still have several chairs filled around the dinner table every evening. And we definitely have some of our favorite dinners. And I will tell you, when you have nine different children with different temperaments, different personalities, and different tastes, if they all agree on a meal, you know it's pretty good. And we've been able to really perfect some of our dishes over the years. If we make tacos or burritos, enchiladas, carnitas, you know, something Mexican, we always have, along with that, this big serving bowl of fresh pico de gallo. And we'll chop up some tomatoes, we'll chop up some onions, throw a little garlic in there, some lime juice, some salt and pepper, sometimes a jalapeno that we'll add in for a little heat. But the thing that really puts the pico de gallo over the top is fresh cilantro. It adds this unique flavor, this, this kind of fresh flavor that just makes it perfect. I also love to make pasta dishes. And I've become actually quite good at making Alfredo sauce, large batches of it for our family. It's another fairly simple recipe. You start with some heavy cream, you simmer it until it becomes slightly viscous, 
And then you melt some butter into it. You throw in some fresh cracked black pepper. Then as you're whisking that together, there's one more thing that you throw in. And it adds this dimension of flavor that takes it up to another level. And that thing, it's freshly grated nutmeg. I know the first time I heard somebody tell me this, nutmeg and Alfredo sauce, trust me, it doesn't need to be a lot, but that nutmeg and the Alfredo sauce, it really makes it outstanding. Why am I talking about some of these different recipes, right? Well, in each of these different foods, and in so many others, when you add in a little bit of something, you know, salt, spices, fresh herbs, they make the food a little better than it would have been on its own. Would tacos taste just as good with plain diced tomatoes? Uh, Well, you'd certainly enjoy it, but add in that cilantro and it helps you enjoy it and appreciate it just a little bit more. And this is kind of the same thing with other soups, other sauces. The basic ingredients, they make the dish what it should be. It's a fine dish. But when you add in that basil, that thyme, the cloves, the cinnamon, the ginger, whatever it is that the dish calls for, when you add those in, then you get something that makes your experience of that dish even richer, those added layers of flavor. And we have kind of the same thing that happens in our faith. We have the basics that are key. They are fundamental to our living and our practicing of the faith. But we also have the ability to add so much depth and layers of flavor in how we live our Catholic faith. And we can do this through sacramentals. Now, what is a sacramental? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to be talking about today on The Inner Life, understanding what sacramentals are and how they can benefit our spiritual life. And helping us do that today, uh, one of our regular spiritual directors, Father Ed Broom, he's a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He's associate pastor at St. Peter Chanel Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California. And Father Broom, so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life today. Great, thank you. When are you inviting me over to dinner? Yeah, well, <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as you make a trip up to the Midwest, Father, you are more than welcome to come over and join the the Raymond family for dinner. I happen to be one of nine, so I know the whole dynamic. And I was thinking, if uh, you ever invite me to cook for your family, I can cook two days, and that would be Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Right the the oblig- obligation of fasting. You're <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you'll stand up and and volunteer for those two. Yes. So we're talking about sacramentals, and um, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church really explains it well in 1667 and 1668. And this is what the Catechism teaches us. Holy Mother Church has moreover instituted sacramentals. These are sacred signs which bear a resemblance to the sacraments. They signify effects, particularly of a spiritual nature, which are obtained through the intersection of the Church. By them, men are disposed to receive the chief effect of the sacraments, and various occasions in life are rendered holy. Then 1668 says the characteristics of sacramentals. Sacramentals are instituted for the sanctification of certain ministries of the Church, certain states of life, a great variety of circumstances in Christian life, and the use of many things helpful to man. In accordance with bishops' pastoral decisions, they can also respond to the needs, culture, and special history of the Christian people of a particular region or time. They always include a prayer, often accompanied by a specific sign, such as the laying on hands, the sign of the cross, or the sprinkle of holy water, which recalls baptism. 
And finally, 1669 says sacramentals derived from the baptismal priesthood. Every baptized person is called to be a blessing and to bless. Hence, lay people may preside at certain blessings. The more a blessing concerns ecclesial and sacramental life, the more is its administration reserved to the ordained ministry, bishop, priest, or deacon. So those are numbers 1667, 1668, and 1669. I don't think we can go beyond that as a definition of the sacramentals um, in the context of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So that, I think, lays the foundation of our conversation today. Well, and so maybe we can just break that down a little bit then. I mean, one of the things you said is that, uh, as you were reading that, that they're almost always accompanied by a prayer and a sign. And so could you give us maybe a description of some of those different sacramentals that maybe we've seen or maybe we even use or practice ourselves? We just haven't ever heard it under that term, under that that title of sacramental? Exactly. Almost every day in my parish, people will come up to me and they will bring me water. And they'll say, Father, I really want holy water. And um, some people that think that holy water comes from the faucet in, in, the, in the sacristy. Some people think that there's a holy water faucet in the church. No, <laughs> that's, that's not the way it is. No, uh, A deacon, a priest, or a bishop, we have the power to bless water. So I, I bless the water, and if you bring me just a cup of water is blessed. If you bring me five gallons, it's blessed also. So it's accompanied by um, uh, a special prayer of the church. And then you've got that holy water. And a lot of people don't know, even if you have a few drops of holy water, if you add to that water from your faucet, it still remains holy. So that, that's probably the most common one. And uh, if you've ever been at a baptism, I'm sure you have, before baptizing the individual, there's a beautiful blessing that we do over the water uh, before we baptize the individual, calling the mind, the Red Sea, the whole biblical symbolism of water in the Old Testament. So, Josh, that would probably be the most common one I do on a daily basis. People love to have me bless their water, and they take it home, and then they can they can bless their, their home with holy water. If you have a priest... So much the better, but lay people can bless their homes with the holy water that's been blessed by the priest. Well, and so, again, maybe to be able to differentiate, because you're talking about holy water, you mentioned baptism, that's one of the seven sacraments of the Church, and sacramental, that word sounds very similar to sacrament. So we have our seven sacraments, which are the ways that we receive actual grace, and they're the the sacraments that work together for our salvation, that Jesus has instituted, that, you know, we we do receive that grace. In the use of sacramentals, do we also receive grace through them? Are they a necessary addition for our salvation, or is it something that is just, well, it's beneficial, but it's not necessary? Great question. Yes, uh, I think the best way to understand that question is that the Sacraments were instituted by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the seven sacraments that you mentioned. And there's not going to be any more sacraments uh, in, um, in the world. Jesus instituted seven, and that's, uh, that's it. Uh, the sacramentals are actually instituted by the Church. And the Church can actually create new sacramentals. And as I 
was reading from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, depending a lot upon the country and the culture and the social mores of the country, there can be new sacramentals that can actually be created by the Conference of Bishops. So, um, And sacramentals should lead us to the sacraments. That, that's one of the purposes. So, for example, I mentioned holy water. Once you think about holy water, right away the thought that... with water. So there should be that connection between the the holy water that the priest blesses and the water that the priest utilizes when he baptizes um, an individual. So much so that when you have um, your holy water bottle or you have maybe have uh, little fonts in your house, I think it's a good practice. Uh, uh, when I was brought up and raised, uh, and even in my room now, I have a little font so that when I go in my room, I can be blessing my, myself with, with holy water and that little font that I have in my room. You know? So every time we make the sign across with holy water, not that we always do it explicitly, but implicitly what we're doing is we are calling to mind the fact that we're baptized. We're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And our obligation which is uh, the reading for the Mass today. We have the Sermon on the Mount, and the last verse today is from Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says, Be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. By being baptized, we're called uh, to become holy. Lumen Gentian chapter 5, the universal call to holiness. So uh, Catechism is pointing out that the, the sacramentals are means by which they lead us to the sacraments. And from the sacraments is where we receive the most abundance of graces. But we can receive graces all through the sacramentals, but less than when we receive the, the sacraments. Yeah. Now, as you're talking about that, too, you know, holy water being kind of a—I've heard it described as a renewal of our baptismal promises, our baptismal vows. You know, you you were talking about that drawing us back to the sacraments. Um, is the use of a sacramental— does it serve much purpose if somebody isn't Catholic, if they haven't had that access to one of those sacraments yet at this point? You know, if if I haven't been baptized, is there any point for me getting holy water and crossing myself, making that sign of the cross with holy water? I would say yes. There, there's nothing, there's, there's no negative effect that will happen from a person that, that utilizes uh, holy water or other sacramentals, only good can come from it. And if the person has an open heart by possibly making the sign of the cross, that can be a gateway by which the person is eventually led, if it's an adult, to uh, RCAA, in which they can go to uh, a proper process of preparation to receive. If you're an adult, you receive... You know, it's a triple blessing you receive, baptism, communion, confirmation, and the same celebration. So there's really nothing negative that can come come from it, and a lot of good that can flow from it. Good. Well, I, one of the last things, I guess, is we're just kind of setting the stage here and uh, discussing what sacramentals are. If someone is just learning about the Catholic Church— and they're looking in from the outside, they might see the use of sacramentals as something that seems to be a bit superstitious. You know, if somebody is 
making the sign of the cross. Well, you've already been baptized. Why do you need to do this renewal? Uh, you know, you're praying this rosary and you're using these beads and it seems like you're just, you know, kind of saying the same things over and over and over, uh, you know, if they don't realize that there's the meditation upon the different mysteries, if they don't realize that different intentions might be offered at different points during the rosary, there might be this kind of look and saying that there's this this kind of superstitious attitude that somebody would approach and use the sacramentals that we're, we're talking about here today. I guess for me, Father, it seems like that would be kind of a, uh, it would be more in the approach of the individual. If I do something out of the sense of a superstition, if I cross myself with holy water, my attitude then at that point would be, well, I'm doing this to get something from God and get it the way I want it. I'm kind of trying to bend God to my own will by a superstitious use. But if I'm using a sacramental properly, then I... I'm relying upon God. I'm not relying upon uh, an object or an action. I'm, I'm having an attitude where I want to grow closer to Christ. I use that sacramental as a conduit to grow closer to Christ, to remind me of everything that God has done for me. That, does that make sense? Exactly. Um, right after the sacramentals and the catechism, there's a number on what's called popular piety. In the documents of Puebla, which is a document that came out in the 70s, which was uh, directed to the um, church in Latin America, points out the following, that popular piety, which flows from sacramentals, uh, it's very important that we have education and we have catechesis. That's why Relevant Radio is so good, what you're doing in Patrick Madrid and all the, the, the team does such a great go- great job touching thousands of souls, because you are among the best um, catechetical tools, I think, in the country, in which uh, you're, you know, you're teaching in a very simple way, using uh, cuisine analogies that can really connect with the people of the world. And I've often said this, um, that uh, religiosity without education degenerates into superstition. That's what uh, a response to what you're saying. I say re- religiosity, and that falls into that category, sacramentals, without proper education, can easily degenerate into superstition. And that's why um, the the numbers in the catechism are very clear, and the, the way that we're speaking now, we're speaking in very clear terms, that um, it's easy for people to use uh, sacramentals as... Uh, which is the biggest it's the biggest diocese in the country and almost every town in LA has um in Spanish it's called curanderos or adivinos in which you have these psychic readers and if you were to enter in you know what you're going to see you're going to see our lady guadalupe you're going to see a cross you'll see the sacred heart of jesus you'll see holy water then you see Buddha, then you see tons of superstition. So there's a real syncretism. And a lot of people that go there are Catholics because they have some type of problem and they're seeking solution through superstition. So th- there is, there's always the danger if we don't have a proper education to degenerate into superstition. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, it's, it's always a, a danger. But if uh, we 
follow-up in her education through Relevant Radio and EWTN and good spiritual reading and having good spiritual directors, reading, you know, reading the catechism, uh, I think we're going to be able to ward off that danger of superstition. Yeah. Our spiritual director today, Father Ed Broom, he's an oblate of the Virgin Mary, and he's helping us understand sacramentals. We're going to look at some specific sacramentals coming up here in just a moment, but also how we can incorporate them into our own lives, how we can have a better understanding of how they actually do draw us closer to Christ, how they lead us to the sacraments. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. What are some of those sacramentals that you use in your own life? What has helped you on your journey? Uh, You know, something might be praying the rosary, might be an image, an icon that you have there of a patron saint, might be something that, uh, you know, you, you use that helps you in your faith life. And we'd love to hear how that has happened for you. Our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, our email address, com, And we'll have more right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom. He's a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He's the associate pastor at St. Peter Chanel Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California. And today we're talking about sacramentals, about those things that help draw us to the sacraments. And of course, that leads us directly to Christ and uh, allows us to receive the grace that he offers us. And what are some of your favorite sacramentals? What are those sacramentals that have helped you on your faith journey? Uh, Maybe it's a specific image of a saint or of uh, our Blessed Mother, Mary. Maybe it's being able to pray the rosary or some other devotion. Um, Maybe it is that what we talked about in that first segment, holy water, being able to have that renewal of your baptismal promises. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, And uh, Father Broom, as we continue our conversation here, I thought it might be good to, you know, we talked about holy water. I've made a little bit of reference to some other sacramentals, but um, there are so many different ways that people can encounter a sacramental that can help them on their faith journey. And even just during the break, you and I were talking about some different ones, you know, images of Our Lady, the image of Divine Mercy, um, praying the chaplet of Divine Mercy would be another one. Um, of course, the rosary is is a very, very popular sacramental. Uh, along with these, are there some other ones that come to your mind that might be popular or, or things maybe if somebody hasn't heard of one, it might be something they'd be interested in looking up and doing a little more research on it. Definitely. Uh, shortly before our program, I actually had the Mass in the morning. And if you go into the um, Catholic Church and also the ornaments that we utilize when we're celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, 
you have so many different sacramentos. So I'd like to just go through some of them, and if you like, we can maybe explain the meaning behind them. Okay, you have the, the holy water in the baptismal font. Okay, then you have the crucifix, which you have on the wall uh, behind the priest when he's celebrating Mass, as well as the crucifix that the priest looks at on the altar. Then the altar itself is also sacramental. Then if you go, like in our church, we have a statue of St. Joseph, St. John Paul II, St. Faustina, and St. Therese. We have statues of, of those saints. Then if you go to the stained glass windows, we have St. Peter Chanel and our founder, Venerable Father Bruno Lanter. These are stained glass windows. They are sacramentals. Then if you if you move from the, the ch- structure of the church itself, into the celebration of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Mass is just jam-packed with sacramentals to prepare us to celebrate the greatest of all sacraments. Vatican II points out that the very heart and fulcrum of all the sacraments is the Eucharist. All the sacraments should direct us to the Eucharist, which is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Now let's just take some of those sacramentals. Okay, I, I when I'm when investing for mass, I, I I have my religious habit, I have my clergyman, those are sacramentals. Then I have the white alb, that's a sacramental. I place a stole over my white alb, symbolizing the authority of the priesthood. That's also a sacramental. Then the chasuble, the chasuble, which is the exterior garment. Given that we're in ordinary time, I wore a, a green chasuble today. Th- those are sacramentals. Then I approach the, as I said earlier, the altar is a sacramental. Now, in the altar, you have what is called an altar stone, in which you have usually a first-class relic of the saint of the parish, in our patron saint is St. Peter Chanel. That is also sacramental. Now, think about this, Josh. Okay, Sunday you have a uh, you can have a solemn procession leading up to the altar. Okay, you have the altar servers carrying candles, sacramentals. You have the thurible, which uh, has the incense in it. Uh, that's a sacramental. Then you have uh, the deacon or the priest that's carrying the gospels elevated on high. Uh, that's a sacramental also. Then you have the lectern or the ambo. Uh, that, that's a sacramental. Beneath our major altar, we have uh, a beautiful marble image of St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook, who is talking to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's a sacramental. Then our church is a very beautiful church. It has two of the most famous images, which are sacramentals. And as I talk, I was talking to you during the break, we have a beautiful image of Our Lady Guadalupe. And we have many, many Mexican people that are in, in our parish. They love the image of Our Lady Guadalupe. And one of our biggest thrusts as oblates of the Virgin Mary is we really try to promote mercy, divine mercy, getting people to read the Diary of St. Faustina, and we have a captivating image of divine mercy 
uh, right to the left of the altar, then Our Lady of Guadalupe to the right of the altar. And these these beautiful images of Our Lady of Guadalupe and Divine Mercy, these are sacramentals. And these sacramentals, they're like magnets that should draw us deeper into the mystical body of Christ, which is the sacramental life. And um, then uh, you mentioned during the break, I, I always carry with me, uh, on my person, I usually have about four or five sacraments just on my person because if I wear a clergyman or my religious habit, that's a sacramental. Um, for many, many, many years, uh, I, I've always wear the scapular of Our Lady Mount Carmel because that's the exterior sign of my consecration to Mary is through the scapular of Our Lady Mount Carmel. So I, I wear that, and my mother is actually sewed within the two uh, squares of the sacramental, uh, the St. Benedict Medal, as well as the Miraculous Medal. Then I always carry my my rosary, so... Um, I uh, I am basically a kind of a walking. You're a walking advertisement for sacramentals. A walking yeah. advertisement. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there's all plethora of sacramentals that I mentioned in the context of the church itself, but but also in the mass. And but as you were pointing out, these sacramentals, it's not a dead end street. They're a conduit, as you use the word conduit, a means by which we can arrive at at the, at the sacraments. If they're not leading us to the sacraments, that there's we could be falling into superstition. Yeah, so there's a whole plethora of sacramentals, and hopefully we'll be able to utilize them in a proper way for our own uh, sanctification, yes. Well, and so with some of these, you know, you're talking about leading us to the sacraments. So uh, one of the thoughts I had, you mentioned that there are the relics that are there in any altar of a parish. Um, There should be one or two of those relics that are there. But relics are also something that are quite commonly associated with healings or answered prayers. And so that takes me back, as I'm thinking about it right now, that we shouldn't just rely on the relics. The relics, we can pray to that saint, we can ask for their intercession, but we should also go to our parish priest if we're dealing with some sort of infirmity and, you know, maybe we have some upcoming surgery. There's some sort of medical, you know, serious thing that's happening and receive the, the anointing of the sick, one of the seven sacraments. Yes. Yes, uh, it's, it's very, very propitious to utilize the, the relics. Uh, I actually have in my room, I have the relic of the Curie of Ars because he spent many hours here in confessions. I have the relic of St. Catherine Labouret. I have a relic of St. Ignatius Loyola. I have the relic of the little flower. I have a lot of relics. And this may be surprising to you, but uh, I am actually a third-class relic. Let me explain. I am a walking third-class relic because May 25th, 1986, a long time ago, John Paul II, he ordained me. So he placed his hands upon my head and he... And he gave me an embrace, so I have holy hair and holy shoulders, and I am a walking relic. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love that, Father. Well, yeah, so I, I suppose that means that, uh, you know, any anybody who was uh, ordained as a priest, as a deacon, you know, whatever it might be, if 
that person, that that bishop, uh, or in your case, the Holy Father who ordained you, anyone then at that point would be that walking third-class relic. I love that. Uh, Father Broom, we've got a number of calls here waiting online. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. What are some of the sacramentals that have helped you on your faith journey, and how? How have they been that conduit, that vehicle, for you to draw closer to Christ in the sacraments? Our studio line again, 888-914-9149. We've got Joan, who's listening to us in Wisconsin. Hi, Joan. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. Nice to talk to you. I've always used sacramentals because I've dealt a lot with uh, violent people, people on the streets, uh, people with a lot of situations. Uh, I've always uh, handed out a Benedict medal. Uh, I've gone to places that they're drug houses. And when no one was around or whatever, I've anointed the doorknobs with holy water. And you'll see shortly there, a couple months go by, they're abandoned. Because every time that people touch the doorknob, they're touching holy water. I've given out green scapulars, brown scapulars for those on drugs and alcohol. They can't seem to even take the drug when they're wearing the scapular. They'll take it off if they have to. Uh, I've also taken holy water, put it on a, an adult and it was soon closed on the doorknob so that everyone who went in, there was holy water there. Uh, I've had a number of relics where I've anointed doorknobs where people are heavy into drugs, everything else. Um, I've given out crucifixes and rosaries to people who were begging on the streets. And I said sometimes, here's a crucifix for you. It's been blessed. And they'll, they'll just grab it and say, oh, thanks, I needed this. They do the same thing with the green scapular. And I actually one time went by this one corner a year later, and this girl, young girl, was holding up her rosary. So I've told them, remember this, I'll say to some of them, that Jesus' head was the closest to, to dismiss the good thief on earth. So God has mercy on you. Just ask for forgiveness. And you'd be surprised how they just cling to that. And then I, at nighttime, I always say, I feel every man, woman, and child in the world, in the precious blood of Jesus, a tear from Mother Mary, the best person that ever lived. And I spiritually put the hand of every child in the world in the hand of the child Jesus, especially all little ones that are being sexually, verbally, physically abused. And I also seal all of those within drug abuse and also within prisons, jails, gangs, and detention centers. One person in the world praying in that moment of time can affect the whole world. That's how important someone praying in and giving out the sacramentals. Boy, the people are just aching for them. Believe me, they truly are. Beautiful story. Um, I heard this story once that um, an abortion clinic was opened up in, in Massachusetts uh, shortly after Roe vs. Wade in the um, in the mid-70s. And uh, these two women on the slide, they went to the abortion clinic and they actually planted a miraculous metal in between the cracks of the bricks in the abortion clinic. Then they went into uh, a nearby church and they made a holy hour and they prayed the rosary. 
and uh, w- within a very short time, that abortion clinic closed down. And I, th- I think you have to attribute it to, to three things. One is the miraculous medal, but what the ma- miraculous medal represents is the Blessed Virgin Mary and her powerful intercession and how Mary res- Mary wants us to respect life. But also, it also depends upon those two, those two individuals who, with this childlike faith, planted the miraculous medal. And then they went in front of the Blessed Sacrament, which is Jesus himself. They pulled out their rosaries, which is a sacramental. They prayed with a lot of fervor. And kind of like the walls of Jericho during the time of Joshua, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down because of the prayers and the faith of the people. And that walls of Jericho of that abortion clinic were closed too because of the the faith of these women, the power of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the power of prayer. So really, if we have faith, faith can really move the mountains if we have faith, and especially if we have recourse to the Blessed Virgin Mary. We know that, as St. Louis de Montfort says, the, the quickest, easiest, the most secure pathway to the heart of Jesus is through the heart of Mary. So, yeah, I... I there are so many, many miracles that come as a result of our trust, not simply in the sacramental. If we just trust in the sacramental, that can degenerate into superstition, but really a strong trust in uh, who we're really going to. We're going to Mary, the mother of God. And Mary turns to Jesus. Uh, Jesus was able to turn water into wine through the intercession of his Blessed Virgin Mary. So let's have recourse to God through pro- a proper use of these wonderful gifts, which are, which are sacrament. They're gifts right. from the church to us. Yeah, well, and that was the thing that stood out to me just in the story you told, Father, and, uh, you know, as Joan was sharing, it wasn't just simply, well, here are the sacramentals and in and of themselves, by their own power, that they could do anything. No, she was talking about the prayers that she would pray, and you're talking about these two uh, that uh, had that miraculous medal, and by means of actual physical matter. I mean, it's something that we see over and over again in all of the sacraments of the Church. You know, for baptism, there is the water, there is the oil, uh, you know, there's, there's the fire of the candle, the light that is passed on, the light of our faith. Um, you know, in the Eucharist, we have the bread and the wine that are transubstantiated into the body and blood of Christ. So, the physical, the material, that matter, it is important. It is something that God uses in our lives to draw us to him. But, yeah, if if we just have those sacramentals and pass them on thinking they in and of themselves will do something, well, we're missing the whole point here, Father. It's, it's of course, we're reliant upon the Holy Spirit to do that work. Yes. And even, uh, as you mentioned, um, the the images of Our Lady Guadalupe, as well as the image of divine mercy, if we really meditate upon the image of a divine mercy, what it's uh, what it must provoke within us is trust in God's mercy, and that should lead us by means of penance and trust to the sacrament of God's mercy. So these images are going to lead us into the sacramental life as well as Our Lady Guadalupe. When Our Lady Guadalupe appeared to Juan Diego in 1531, she was very insistent that Juan Diego go to the Bishop Juan Zumadiga to ask for a church. 
So now, why did Our Lady want a church so that all the people who could go to the church could turn to her and pray, and she would help them in their needs? But not only that, the very heart of the church is the Blessed Sacrament, and the very heart of the church is the celebration of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So these, once again, we're saying that these sacramentals are not a one, it's not a a dead-end street, but rather they're a two-way street in which they're leading us into the mystical body of Christ. The mystical body of Christ manifests its presence and His grace through the channels of grace, which are the seven sacraments. So, yeah, these are conduits leading us to these seven sacraments. Yes. Our, our spiritual director today, Father Ed Broom, he is a member with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, and he's helping us understand and have a better uh, grasp of those sacramentals that we use in our faith. And what is that sacramental that maybe you have used that's helped you in your faith journey, helped draw you to Christ? Or maybe you've seen some of those miracles take place because of the intercession of a saint, the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and how their intercession to Christ has helped bring about that miracle in your life. You can call us here, our studio line, 888-914-9149, More to come on Sacramentals right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom, an oblate of the Virgin Mary, and talking about sacramentals today and taking your phone calls here at 888-914-9149. And uh, Father Broom, one thing that uh, you had mentioned, and then also we heard Joan mention it, scapulars. Specifically, I think the more popular one would be a brown scapular, but I thought that might be a good one to just talk about briefly. Uh, you said you wear one. I'm wearing one right now. Um, but this is something that goes, I think it's back to St. Simon Stock, who is the one originally that was given uh, this this devotion um, that then has become fairly popular uh, throughout the Catholic Church around the world. Yes, you know, the scapular is such a wonderful means by which we can show our devotion to Mary. And it's uh, an exterior exterior sign of our consecration of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes, it was St. Simon Stock back in the 1200s that had an apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the Carmelites were basically falling apart. And uh, he was a superior general of the Carmelites, and Our Lady said to St. Simon Stock, I really want you to wear this scapular as a sign of my, of your consecration to me. And he, uh, from that moment on, he really promoted that among his Carmelite brothers. And then uh, it became very, very popular. So much so that um, the Church actually gives an indulgence every time we kiss the scapular, then the Church actually gives us an indulgence. Part of my work as a priest is I... I go from parish to parish uh, with a um, a consecration program to the Blessed Virgin Mary, which usually lasts about five weeks. And the end of the program 
we have a mass of consecration in which I impose the bronze scapular on people. So I've imposed thousands of scapulars on people over the past five or six years. And it's, uh, and people like it. And it, it, symbolically, it's scapular comes from Latin scapula, which means shoulder. So you actually place it over your shoulders. And it's um, symbolically, it's as if the Blessed Virgin Mary were giving you a hug and you're in the school, the heart, and the family of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So the, the scapular is such a wonderful, wonderful um, sacramental. There's a story of St. Alphonse of Liguri that came out on one occasion to celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And someone shot at him, and the bullet went through his chasuble, went through his uh, religious habit, went through his, his T-shirt, and the bullet was actually embedded in the scapular over his heart. Wow. And it was as if the Blessed Virgin Mary with her hand were protecting St. Alphonse Liguri. And his scapular is still intact after 200 years, oh as well as the scapular <laughs> of St. John Bosco. <laughs> so, uh, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, Father Broom, let's go back to the phones. We've got Kathleen, who's listening to us in New Jersey. Hi, Kathleen, you're on the air with Father Ed Broom. I'm just fascinated with all this talk, but I really didn't know that I was a relic. But anyway, being that, because I was blessed by Mother Teresa. I used to work in her soup kitchen, and she came to visit one afternoon. And, well, you should see those sisters, a little big thing when she visited. And she sat, you know, she sat in the front pew, and after Mass, she, everybody went up and got blessed by her. She put her hands, she had very strong hands. She put her hands, not just put her hands, but like squeezed your head. And my husband, who died about two years ago, I feel he has to be in heaven because she had a hard time. He's 6'5". She was, I don't know what, like 4'2". She was really, really tiny. And he had to bend way over for her to bless him. But I didn't realize I was a relic until now. I'll, I'll have to tell my grandchildren. I had the privilege after I was ordained by John Paul II of meet, meeting Mother Teresa there in Rome. And also, um, when I saw her, I knelt down for her. And she said, no, Father, I have to kneel down to you because you're a priest. You represent Christ. And she actually kissed my hands, too. So I have... Holy hair, holy shoulder, and holy hands. I mean, I'm a, I'm a living third-class relic, no? And uh, she gave, uh, we're nine, like uh, Josh has nine in his family, we're, we're nine in our family also. Mother Teresa gave all of us the miraculous medal. And my father passed away about four years ago, and he wore the, he, he wore the medal that Mother Teresa gave to him uh, the past 30 years of his life, and he was buried with the miraculous medal of Mother Teresa that was blessed by Mother Teresa of Calcutta. So, yeah, we have we have something in common, um, our love for Mother Teresa and her presence in our lives. What a great grace it is to have this these two great saints, John Paul II and Mother Teresa, living during our lifetime. What a blessing. Yeah. Kathleen, thanks so much for calling and sharing. Father, uh, we're just about out of time, but we're going to try and get one more uh, call in here. Hi, John. You're listening in Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome to the program. Just got to be real brief here so we can get, get enough time for Father to respond to you. 
Yes, I, I'm a, a senior citizen. I live alone, and I have some unkind neighbors who do a lot of damage and vandalism to my home and my property, especially when I'm not there and I come home and have to discover it. And I'm wondering if I could uh, plant some uh, miraculous metals here and there um, around the house and around the property kind of to ward off this um, uh, unkind behavior. And, uh, um, you know, um, because you're elderly doesn't mean you're deaf, dumb, blind, and stupid. It just uh, they take advantage of the fact that, you know, you can't retaliate. Sure. Well, John, I'm going to let Father Broom respond to you here just because we're short on time. Father Broom, uh, you know, being able to use those... What he can maybe do is he can maybe get the miraculous medal. He can also get the medal of St. Benedict, as well as he can get holy water and he can bless his house. So the medal of St. Benedict, placing it over your door, is very powerful. And, of course, yeah, having the miraculous medal, as well as uh, the rosary. And, yeah, spraying his, his house and outside his house with holy water can be a very efficacious tool to ward off bad spirits. Yeah, I would say, yes, you utilize those uh, those sacramentals, yes. And again, John, I would just go back to what Father was saying earlier. You know, you always want to do it with, in mind, you're turning to St. Benedict or to the Blessed Virgin Mary, asking for their intercession, not just expecting that once you put those out, that those objects in and of themselves will work some miracle. We're asking for Christ to work the miracle. So, Father, we're down to about our last minute here, and uh, as always, I'd love to ask for you to offer a blessing for everyone who's listening today. Yes. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as well as through the intercession of St. Joseph, the intercession of the Holy Archangels and God's saints, may God bless all of your listeners, as well as Relevant Radio, with a lot of peace, a lot of joy, long life, and eternal life, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ed Broom has been our spiritual director today. Thank you so much, Father Broom, for your time. He's a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, associate pastor at St. Peter Chanel Church in Hawaiian Gardens. And, of course, want to encourage you to stay with us here on Relevant Radio. Coming up next, we have the Mass, and uh, then after that, it's The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. Of course, coming up tomorrow... We're going to continue looking at different aspects of our spiritual life. It's going to be a great show tomorrow talking about the church suffering, praying for the souls in purgatory. And it's going to be a great conversation with Father Chris Walsh. I hope you can join us for that tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Have a blessed day. Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky. Is that you, Emmy Lou? Yes. It's been a while. It's been a while. What's your prayer intention? It's my birthday. It is? Oh, How old birthday. are you? I'm six. Happy birthday to you. The happiest half hour of your day. My birthday was on Saturday. I want you God to sing you. for me, too. <laughs> well, you got to say you're under 10 years old. Oh, uh, yeah, right. The Family Rosary Across America. 7 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio.